hosting for two blokes talking tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for two blokes talking tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Online about technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Episode 242, thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. If you want more information, we'll tell you about the Arlo Ranger smart home security camera shortly. We are in the EFTM studio this week because we are continuing our strong commitment to the audience to sit side by side as often as possible this year. It's not a uh, marriage counselling issue. It's just it's for you, the listener. <laughs> Although our wives are happy we're not home, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Each well, week. Every, every second week we're not home. Uh, joining me, as always, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mates. G'day, Trevor. Good to be back in the uh, hollowed uh, EFTM studio. I feel like we've got a good show. I really, Solid. I don't want to jinx it strong, early, strong, but it's strong. And we yep. got, well, let's be honest, great feedback from last week. <laughs> I feel like I, f- I feel like we should start drinking and we'd have those kind yes. of shows regularly. It was just one of those yeah. crazy. Well, I'll bring my carafe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <thank God. laughs> a carafe of wine. I'm I'm pleased that there was support for me yeah. out there. Let's that's, be clear. That, that's not a big rap for you or some of our audience members not knowing that word. Yeah, I've got well, to say. I've got to say. I think I did I did post the official yeah, definition right. on Twitter. Which could be anything. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We will get straight into it on uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. This is one of those kind of moments where you go, well, that took me by surprise. A, there is a lot of predictability in the world of technology, um, mainly because of, you know, events like CES, Mobile World Congress, EFA, a lot of timing around those things. Then Apple has its pretty regular schedule. And off the back of those things, we, we can anticipate certain things like availability of products. And TVs is one of those things. Normally, we see TV announcements at CES. Um, we, we get a, you know, around March, we get maybe a big press conference and, you know, unveiling of a, of a new TV and then availability in the months following that, which sometimes is spread over some time. Now, LG, i got to be honest, took me by surprise today when they uh, announced that their flat OLED TV was available now in mm. Australia. Now, this is a TV we saw at EFA last year. It's not, it wasn't announced at CES, but, but certainly it's still unusual to, to change the product yeah. cycle and, and well, bring we, a new TV to market. It, we knew it was coming. Absolutely. And but, it's 4K, by the way, 4K if, OLED. But if we had to guess two months yeah. ago, three months ago, we would have probably both said March or April. I would have picked April. Um, so as of today, you can now get uh, a large number of, of OLED TVs. They've had, remember, they had the OLED Full HD TV now for yep. a while. Last year, they brought out the OLED 4K, which yep. is just, and I, I'm, I don't care. I'm just, I say it every time I talk about it. It's the best television in the world. Yep. It's just magnificently beautiful to look at. The picture is amazing. The OS is brilliant. The design is excellent. But the thing I didn't like was it was curved. Now, that was a $10,000 TV exclusive to Harvey Norman for three months. That exclusivity lifted. The price dropped a bit and was available on a few yep. other retailers. They reckon they've sold something like a million dollars worth of those yeah. in just the last 10 weeks. That's per week in retail. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. That's that's not bad. Mm. And and the critical thing there is now those TVs are still available. 55-inch is going to be five and a half grand. The 65-inch is nine grand. And the, and the non-4K, so the full HD 
curved 55-inch TV is four grand, which is actually which is reasonable. Bloody, pretty yep. good price. Yep. The flat OLED, though, so the flat 4K OLED, 55-inch, same price as the curve, 5,500, mm-hmm. and the 65 is nine grand. Now, my initial reaction is, yay, it's available. Boo, it's the same price. Because I just had this thing in my head that it must be cheaper to make a flat TV than a curved one. Yeah, I thought the same. I think um, that was, well, apart from the shock of, of them saying it's available today, uh, the other the other surprise was that curved, I, I perceive to be premium. It's premium. Yeah. Just like I think you look at you look at the opposition, say like Samsung, their curved TVs seem to be at the top of the tree, yeah. whereas uh, the flat TV is a little cheaper. But I think what we're going to focus on here is the technology. Mm. It's the 4K, it's OLED, so organic light emitting diode, no backlights required, just brilliant blacks, contrast that'll blow your mind, great color. And you can and, listen to every other TV manufacturer yep. tell you about their technology, which are good. They are not as good. I mean, you know, I remember Hisense, and that's, that's jumping down a, a level. I, I get that, but they are the number three seller of TVs in the country. Mm. Um, they've got ULED, and they're trying to say that they can they can make a better picture quality comparable. But they don't say it's as good as, and they don't say it's better. But there's no one that can rightly say their picture is better than OLED. I'm, I'm sorry, it's well, just not possible. Picture quality has always been a subjective <clears throat> thing. True. You know, just like audio, like you th- what you think but, is good might not appeal. I agree with that. And, and for many years, I didn't review TVs because I, I never felt like I could make head nor tail of why this one was better than another, right? This television last year, the curved 4K OLED, changed that for me because I was able to sit it on the stand and and see a difference, mm-hmm. right? The blacks are blacker, the the brights are brighter. It, it, it's a, just a better TV. Plus, WebOS is sensational brilliant. as an yep. operating system. Yep. I watch my kids use it and navigate it. It's, yep. it's brilliant. So... To me, this is the one that stands out above the rest. It really does. But it does come at a price premium. It does. And what what is another little surprise, another added bonus, is that it's, it's HDR compatible. So you can get mm. – it's high dynamic range compatible. So when that content starts coming through from Netflix with HDR, mm. when 4K UHD Blu-ray comes out in a couple of months, this TV is good to go. So mm. HDR is another tick in the box – for this TV that's already got an incredible list of features, because including Harman Card and speakers. Because essentially, forget. HDR was the real, really the only massive that thing that came out of thing. TVs yep. at CES, right? Yep. Sony, Samsung, Hisense, they were all talking about and, HDR. And you've got to remember, LG has got OLED and no one else has. They that's are right. taking that advantage even further and obviously reaping the rewards, in, according to, to LG, a million a week in retail. Imagine what the flat TV is going to do now, from now on, I think you're going to probably see that quite quite easily double that that kind of money they're making. Because I believe, and we've had this conversation even at CES, where I think uh, I got one one uh, brand telling me that curves were were you know on the outer and they weren't selling well, and you had Samsung, and Samsung telling you they were going Samsung, amazing. They were, they were the I, next big thing. Yeah, I, I honestly I believe that's just Samsung saying it because they're they're in, they're yeah. in, they're so heavily invested I'm in it. I'm going to say I don't mind curved TVs. I don't mind a curved TV. I just think that when someone stands side by side and looks at a curve yeah. and a flat, and they're the same price. I don't think they will even take the curve even though they're the same price. Yeah. Now, I think that's what LG's realised is they go, yeah, we could charge 500 less, but why would we? People are going to take the flat one because they yeah. know people want it. That's true. Um, they will do very well. But here's the cracker. This thing, this is an expensive TV they don't sell in volume. Of course, there's millions of dollars worth being sold, but in terms of the overall TV market, the volume doesn't give them market status, right? So they actually still need 
something cheaper. They they need well, what, still got what they need. Normal totally. LED TVs, yeah. But in terms of their advantage with OLED, right? You, yeah. you talked about it. They're playing that advantage Absolutely. further forward. Yep. So my advice to LG, which they will not take because well, why would they? They've is, still got a full HD, don't forget. But, but that's curved, right? So there's no flat yeah, it is curved. full right. HD. Yeah, right. You bring out a $3,500 flat OLED 55-inch. Yep. Oh, mate. Yeah. That's, That's a, a compelling good television good offer. Point. I'm sure Grant Vanderberg's listening. The uh, he, LG mate, marketing he's, manager. He's, I've got the stats, mate. First <laughs> subscriber. First bloke that downloaded. Press release today. They sent out. Yeah, I did. Incredible I did. little bit of electronics involved too. They, did you open up the box and there was a little? Screen? Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't get the actual physical <laughs> did, press release. No. Well, I got one. I was waiting for me. Oh, you know, home. they've sent it to the wrong address because it's at my parents' yeah. in They sent me a photo. Well, it's it's this really glossy. Um, looking, looking about the size of an A4 page. Mm. Did it come in in a Manila envelope? No, it was in like a, a an A4 envelope. Yeah, you open it up, like you think, oh wow, this is a pretty glossy press yep. release. And in the middle of it was a little LCD screen uh, with Grant Vandenberg talking about the new OLED. Huh. Yeah. It's not. That, I'm just showing you a that's photo. It. Yeah, that's, that's the, the package. That's they've, the sent, they've sent it to my parents-in-law. Um, <laughs> thanks, LG. Very impressive. No, it, it was. It, I think. Wow. It even came a little its own little charging cable and everything. Like, uh, can it be used for anything else later? I don't know. I'm going to try maybe put something else. You're going to try and put a. Well, let's put a two bikes on there. We'll, well do a video intro to yeah, two bikes. It'd be like one of those. You know, you buy those birthday cards. You open it up, it plays yeah, a little yeah. song. Well, this one plays the video when you open it up. Grant, look at him. Yeah. Just going for the like, going for the hits. Right, straight down the barrel. Talked about the features, and yeah, it was very impressive. I, I this is a big deal for LG. I, I firmly believe that. I think it's a very smart move to go in early. That Samsung will be freaking out today because what do they do? What's their strategy? What's do they their move? Do yeah. they bring something out? Do well, they just wait? Do they? They do have their range that we saw at CES, which has HDR and all hmm. those. So, but. This has really caught them with their pants down because you're not going to hey, see them for a couple of months. You've got to organise marketing materials. Yeah. They've got to bring everything forward if they want to go wow. even a week forward. Um, you're absolutely right. It's pants down kind of territory yeah. for the other for the other manufacturers. Wow. So smart move by LG. Um, I do wish there was a cheaper model. I just because. They're all out of my price. Price range. will come down. Well, you, remember you said it's not it's not limited to one no, retailer. That's right. So there's going to be a bit of bit, bit of compar- bit of price. Fifty five inch flat four K recommended retail five and a half. You're going to be able to get that. Nine. You're going to get it, be able to get that for four triple nine, yeah. right? That's Straight still out of the box. Yeah. That's still a lot of yeah. money. That is that's a niche exclusive market. Yeah. It's, but you you think about like a, a, a new. But I am thinking about four K. Say a four K <laughs> LED. Let, let's say a Samsung TV fifty five inch. UHD TV, you're probably still going to pay about three and a half, maybe three. Mm. So, couple, yeah, there is a bit of a difference, but yeah. you are look compare what you get. Go stand next to in front of these TVs and look at them side by side. You'll think, wow, that's the first thing people are going to think when they see this picture for the first time. Mate, that, that's yeah. that's the kicker is looking at it side by side. It is. Uh, I think we both agree. Best quality. Picture on yep. a television you can buy Absolutely anywhere in the world right, right it now. It was the, my review quote said best TV money can buy. There you go. I think I've said well, just something stupid like world's best TV. Yeah, <laughs> because why not? I say why not? You're listening to two blokes talking tech. It's not often we talk about laws that are passed through. Well, federal this is a very political program. But uh, today, Philip uh, Ruddock's resigned. Different. I mean, it's an outrage. <laughs> yeah, I've got a breaking news announcement. It's my seat. I'm going to run. Is that right? 
I'm going to yeah. run from here. To, is he your local from, member, or from, was your local member? I'm going to run from here to the shops. Baraura is the seat, isn't it? Yes, that there is you correct. Go, mate. I listen to Alan. You're Jones. in, mate. I listen to Alan Jones as well, mate. You're, you're in the seat, mate. You yeah. are in Ruddock. I'm in, mate, there you go. The park that my kids go to, Ruddock, Ruddock park. park. There you go. Brilliant. That's how big an influence mate, that man my has local had. Local member. The shout out to Matt Thistlethwaite. Mm. Who uh, actually this. who actually was uh, went to my high school mm. and was was a year below me at uh, at Pace Jeez, hasn't Morris he done well? Brothers. Yeah, he's kicked hey, the goal. Looking he's, down on you now, isn't a, he? He's a labor labor minister. Oh, we but, won't hold know, that against him. It's all good, lovely bloke. But we're, anyway, we're here for everyone on the two blokes. <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of federal <laughs> parliament, we two blokes uh, talking politics. The uh, the draft law, which has been dubbed Netflix tax, has was introduced. Uh, the bill was introduced by Scott Morrison, the treasurer. It was originally proposed a year ago, so this is no big shock to people. Taking their time to write that one up, well, haven't they? But the thing with this is that now it's formally begun its way through Parliament, and the bill, which is, as I said, the Netflix tax, will mean that if you were to purchase digital goods, so digital content from overseas or, you know, your Netflix services comes from overseas – then that will be then eligible for a GST. Just mm. to even, uh, to quote Scott Morrison, to level people, the playing 10%. field. That's right, 10%. What do I say? No, no, 10%. I'm just saying, I'm yeah. just getting political. You yes. know, it's a topic of conversation well, right but, now. Well, you, you, you look at it, right? Say say there's an Aussie company selling software ABC. Mm. They're obliged to add a 10% GST to their customers. That's right. Now, a customer would traditionally think, okay, well, where else can I get it? They see a, a copy from the US without that GST, and they're thinking, well, I'm going to take my business there. It's going to be maybe slightly cheaper. So it puts the Australian companies at a disadvantage, which is something that Mr. Morrison wants to even out. Mm. And what we're, what we're thinking, what, what they're saying is that if it does pass through Parliament, and it's likely to, mm. it's it's going to regenerate in about four years about $350 million. And you consider the number of people who are uh, downloading more digital content. Like we're digital, down only movies, books. We're talking music. We're talking Netflix. We're yeah. talking... Talking, uh, all these other services, even Uber. Uh, if you pay for an Uber, that's a that's an American company. That's going to attract a GST no, as well. No, they charge a GST already. Yeah, but but even things like uh, Google Ads or things like that, mm-hmm. where you're paying for these things, you're going to have to pay a GST as so well. So I'm surprised by this because you, you've got this on Tech Guide. I'm assuming TechGuide.com.au, but I haven't seen the whinging lefties on Twitter today whinging about it. Yeah, uh, well, I, th- I think look, ten you know percent. It's not a killer because, mate, how they enforce it. Well, Answer me anything, anything coming Get in, me a copy I of the guess. legislation. How do they enforce well, it, right? I think Customs Immigration got enough dramas looking for drugs. <laughs> They're not looking for a you know book. And hunting ISIS. Uh, yeah, I think they've got issues, right? Well, they've got till July 1, 2017 to figure it out. Uh, now, technically, though, uh, people could argue that it's an impost on the American retailer, but it's not because every American state has a different tax. Absolutely. Right? So all those... All those retailers need to do is add Australia to that list of states and put 10% of the tax. There you go. So it is actually Problem solved. technically very easy. You should be on the committee for this Mate, one. hello. <laughs> that, my, my fee is very, very large, just quietly. Yeah, so uh, look, Netflix tax, we've still got another almost a year and a half before it comes into effect. So, uh, a year and a you, half? Well, it's, it's July next year. So it's July 1, 2017. And uh, so... If you buy, if you love buying your books off Amazon, and or you got your Netflix subscription, they could become ten percent more expensive. Ten percent on a Netflix subscription, jeez, you're going to struggle in life, aren't you? After that, <laughs> details techguide.com.au. Now this is cool. We we saw Belkin's uh, TrueClear or Screen um, Screen Protector program. 
at CS last year, not not just this year, but last year. And it's the system where you buy an Invisiglass or an anti uh, anti glare um, shield for your for your smartphone, and they actually have this very cool bit of technology. It's really just a machine that helps uh, a retail staff member apply that shield screen protector for you. So they do all the work, cleaning your screen, getting it ready, and then the shield uh, is placed on by the machine so that it's perfect. Well, it's been in a Vodafone store. It's been in a few different stores here, but big deal, I think, is they've they've announced today that it, it's available now in Apple stores. So you walk into an Apple store, buy a Belkin Invisiglass, which is a fantastic cover for your screen because it, let's say you drop a rock on it or you drop it on the ground, the, the Invisiglass is what smashes most likely, mm-hmm. and under the, underneath the screen doesn't. I've had this happen to my wife. You know, it looks <laughs> like the screen is smashed, yep. and you peel it back, and yeah, the Invisiglass is smashed with the screen underneath, perfectly fine. What's interesting here is they've had to develop a special uh, machine so that it, because this, this thing they had at CS is a big mother big, of a big thing. desktop machine. And you can't imagine that sitting on the desk at Apple, right? No. So they've produced a little little thing that sits behind the counter or under yeah. those drawers a of the hand, benches. A handheld version. And you can now get, for no extra charge, just by buying the screen protector at the Apple store, they'll apply it for you. Yeah. I think it's a very good, oh, good it's move. Brilliant. And I think uh, the, the Belkin, according to Belkin, 90% of customers, smartphone customers, want this. Hmm. But only 10% of them actually go through with it and buy it because no one could fit the bloody things on properly. Mate, I've had ones that I've, I've just tried, not bothered yeah, with. And thought, no, nah, can't do it. If you're ever, if you've ever wondered why they always include, include two in the cheap ones, <laughs> when you stuff it's because you stuff it up. Exactly right. Now, these things yeah. aren't cheap because they're a bit of glass, right? Yeah. So you don't want to stuff it up. And here, actually, if you watch them do it, you learn how to do it, and you probably could do it yourself. Because yeah. it's quite a process, isn't it? You had yours done yeah, at CES it's, as well. It's, it's really about um, the removal of the dust and making a clean screen. So yeah. they use stickers to, to peel the, the dust off. It's about understanding that there will be some form of bubbling, but it will dissipate. You can rub them out to you the know, edges. It's, yeah. it's a very smart little bit of kit. I am surprised no one else has, has done it. And it's a huge, huge well, win for, big, for big Belkin, Belkin to be the provider business. of it in Apple stores. Apple's absolutely. I think that the they do have a great range with those Invisi, Invisi shields and the anti-glare. Uh, and now that they can assure customers that they can put it on within, I think, 0.01, 0.01 of a millimeter mm. accurately on your screen, mm. then... Hello. Which is, uh, it's and a so no here's brainer. the thing: it's critical because you've got the camera, you've got the speaker, you've got the microphone, and you've got the the home button. All have to be done. It has to all yep. happen. It has to really fit needed, from top to bottom. You needed a degree in physics to do it beforehand, which it I tough. do not. Have. I do not have either. And and, I, and I've got to say, I've I've attempted putting these screen covers on. Norm, and normally, what happens? The shifty little bit of dust gets under there, Bloody and you can never thing. get it out. No, it's so difficult. And you know, the worst part is, it's always a really obvious. It's like a boulder yeah, on the road. Like you can yeah, see it sitting yeah. there, it's like waving at you, yeah. going, "Ha ha, you missed me!" <laughs> yeah. Every so I normally, time you look at your I phone, I normally tear it off and stick yeah, it yeah, yeah. anyway. So, so not the, this time. Though. The Belkin Invisiglass and the Anti Glare uh, shields are, are available at Apple stores now, and a whole bunch of other places. But at Apple stores. You can now have them applied at no extra cost. So check that one out at your Apple store uh, nearby very soon. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Arlo, the Arlo security system. Stay connected to what matters. Arlo keeps track of the people and places you care about most 
in brilliant HD. It provides live viewing from your smartphone and sends notification alerts straight to you when motion is detected, whether it's on your smartphone's app, it can send you an email, it can do a whole range of different uh, different uh, notifications. Place Arlo cameras in hard-to-reach places, indoors, outdoors, to watch over your home from anywhere. One system, endless possibilities, 100% wire-free, weatherproof, so it doesn't matter if they get out in the rain or the heat, and, uh, and they have night vision, so even in total darkness, you can see what's happening. Find out more, go to arlo.com slash au. I, I, I still am in two minds about the Telstra outage. Part of me, part of me wants to just laugh like all hell. Part of me has huge sympathy for the poor sap that caused it, and part of me just wants to laugh at the people on social media who just—it's like the world ended. I mean, so midday, what was it now? It was Tuesday uh, that it happened. Yeah, yesterday. Midday, uh, the Telstra network starts to play up. People are people are experiencing problems, and by one o'clock, we've realised there's a national outage. You look at their service alerts; it's a huge problem, clearly, and they don't rectify it until around three o'clock, and it takes time for it all to come back online. Now, kudos to Telstra for their approach to this because, gee whiz, I reckon they smashed it out of the park. They, As soon as it was back online, they started talking about that. And within a very short space of time, they had a, a blog post up and they had a spokesperson saying, yeah. okay, Although, uh, here's what happened. They, they tried to get him, Ben Fordham on 2GB, tried to get him on the show just after, uh, just out at the start of the show after mm. three. And uh, no one available to, I don't think the Telstra spokesperson, Kate, um, Kate, McKenzie. Kate McKenzie, was on there, I think, about 4.30. Yeah, and he had half a go at us saying, "Well, where were you at three o'clock when we wanted to know?" Yeah, uh, look, the thing is, they stood up and they they made a statement. These yeah. things normally take days for them to put yeah. something out, if not many more hours than that. So I thought they very quickly delivered a very reasoned response. They said, "Here's what happened: a node went down. Now we have they have ten nodes or more around the country. Now I'll just break it down for you: it's a computer, right? It's just a computer, a switch that all the traffic comes through." And one of them failed. Now, these things are built to be redundant to each other. Backups of backups. So one of them can be turned off and they can fix it, repair it, do whatever, and the others take over the load. Problem was, they got a little flashing light. You can imagine in the little operation center, a little flashing light, and someone <laughs> goes... man put his helmet on. Said, Bill goes, yeah, it. hang on, I'm going to put the hard hat on. I'm going to fix this one, fellas. And he goes in and he forgets to read the instructions and he thinks, I got this, I got this. Had he been drinking at lunchtime? Presses a few buttons. <laughs> presses a few. That's not what we're alleging. Presses a few buttons, patches a few, a few cables, and it turns out that he's routed 16 million customers through the broken one. <laughs> I mean, what a monumental Whoops. stuff up of if, just if extreme have, epic. If, if he was to be on Twitter at that exact second, he would have just said, oops. oops. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you can imagine, uh, right, we've all had bad days at work, oh, yeah. right? Bad yeah. day, you know, you, you, back at the telly, you might have published a, a sports story that, you know, maybe wasn't very, who knows, right? Yeah. You have a bad day. Yeah. This bloke's probably still in the corner or in the fetal position. Now, <laughs> there's no way Telstra's going to sack this guy because no, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a good it's, look. It's human and error. It's who hasn't human, made a mistake? Humans, people said to me this week, oh, hang on, how do they get avoid human error? You can't avoid human error. I don't want to break it to you. Humans make mistakes. Absolutely, yeah. And while there are 8 billion of us on the planet, there will be human error. Well, so it, what mm. needs to happen now is Telstra need to they do need to investigate they need to you know formalize the procedures again they need to retrain the staff yeah. and you can imagine those staff sitting in training sessions going bloody bill you know, we're, we're here and, and just just to confirm, we don't know that it is a person no. at Telstra named Bill. I'll tell you a funny story though. I, I talked to John and Gary on TV this morning about this, and just as I as I kind of went off here, you know, you listen to them back announce, 
and John goes, and it's quite amazing. This bloke's got a very strong resume. He um, he was involved in the Sydney Olympics. Uh, he was involved in the computer system. Like they've got his, his, Hang on. His... He was involved in the Sydney Olympics. He was involved in the computer system for the Olympic flame. He was involved in the <laughs> NRL grand final for Billy Idol's audio. <laughs> uh, He's I'd got be, form. I'd be ringing the lawyer. So, look. <laughs> Telstra customers. So there's there's two things here to talk about, I think, and that is one the actual um, outage and, and the concern for people that run their yeah. businesses rely on this stuff. I don't give a stuff if you're out of Twitter for an hour. That's not my problem. Yeah, exactly but right. if you're right. a tradie and you need to call yeah. people on your on arrival or, or parents trying to contact their children, this is a this is actually yeah. a, a fundamental problem. Now, those things you deal with, you learn, you get over. Triple O though, you need to remember that if your phone goes to SOS only. You can still ring triple O. It's a really uh-huh. important learning. Yeah. Um, your, the reason it says SOS only is because your phone goes. I can't find Telstra, but but I can see Optus and Vodafone. So it says SOS only. So that if you tr- dial triple zero, you'll actually you'll, be you'll routed through another network, carrier. Yeah. That's yeah. really important. Yeah. The the second part is I, I don't imagine they're going to issue compensation for for individuals that feel their no, business was course. put out. No. But they have announced free data on Sunday. Go nuts! Now Sunday. listen, binge, if Telstra is smart. They'll release the stats. Could you imagine? Of how much data was used? Yeah, mate, yeah. I've got a little 4G hotspot over there. I'm charging it right now <laughs> because on Sunday I'm switching off the yeah. internet here. As if you pay for that data anyway. No, I do. I've got a prepaid. <laughs> okay. I've got a prepaid. I topped it up okay. yesterday with $140. Good on you. For si- what about this though? $140. Right, no, on Sunday. 16 gig of data for 740 days expiry. Pretty good. I went, that won't last me a week. Are you kidding me? But, <laughs> but thanks anyway. But I'm assuming on Sunday I yeah. can use the crap out of that thing. Absolutely. Um, so I'd be interested to see what people do. Be. Well, I I, uh, I took a bit of a, a different approach to this story on Tech Guide. I, I kind of tried to look at the, the humorous You had an editorial meeting? Well, yeah, with myself. And uh, <laughs> I thought, well, you know what? I, I had a bit of fun with it. I thought. Yeah, my headline sort of says the day Telstra customers were sent back to the Stone Age. And I call it the great you know, outage, great yeah. Telstra outage of 2016. Well, well, I mentioned the Stone Age and a smart ass on Twitter said, oh, what? So we had to go hunting for our own effing food, did we? And I said, and my, my smart ass reply was, well, you couldn't call takeaway. I would have written back, F off, <laughs> block. <laughs> anyway, no, that was funny. But it just goes to show, though, that you only miss something when it's gone. Oh, mate. You know, there's, there's a lot of millennials out there who have never known a day without a smartphone, That's without right. the mobile network, who would have, they would have been looking around in what shock at now? each other. What do we do? Uh. But then it would have got to the point where even, even the pe- older, older users would have thought, you know, this is, this is unacceptable. Yeah. But yeah, it, it just, it just sort of so takes you back to the days. Yeah. <laughs> sort of there's denial and there's acceptance <laughs> and then the tears. But it did sort of took, people back for just a matter of hours to what it was like before phones. What mm. did we do before that? Yeah. So it gave people a taste, especially those younger users, those millennials. Well, what do we do now? Do you know what's interesting? We talked about business users being you know, put off by it. Yeah. I actually think a three-hour outage on the weekend would have been a much bigger problem because on a weekday – I mean, yes, there's people in their cars and, and courier oh, drives or whatever. It was around pickup time, mate. That but, was for parents. But, but but also, most people are at work or they've got. There's another way of communicating, right? But you think about a weekend. I think you rely on your phone being available yeah. more on the weekend than you do on a weekday. So it'd be interesting to see whether or not that would have had a bigger effect. But yeah, I suppose all those people that uh, that would have been like students 
uh, that were in school at the time. So yeah, it's sorry, Mum, I, I tried to call. Three. No, no, well, you think about it. Those students who would have been reg- normally in class and not allowed to use their phone, you're yeah. right, if it was on a weekend, they'd be texting their heads That's off, right. Instagramming their heads off. They'd go, what? Yeah. What's happened here? I mean, the great travesty of the day was uh, people couldn't Instagram photos of their food at lunchtime. <laughs> I mean, it's a massive outage yeah. from, all, from all respects. I wonder yeah. if Instagram noticed. Yeah, it well, would be interesting, actually, to see whether some of the other services noticed a, a dip in their traffic or anything like that. Well, I think uh, therapist, therapist uh, business has suddenly increased for, uh, for those people who have been uh, affected. If you've been affected, uh, <laughs> we can help you. Just go to Twitter and you can contact us at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick, and the hashtag is Ziggy Zaggy. If you have concerns about the great outage of 2016, we can try and help. A very interesting little report uh, found its way to uh, my desk yesterday. It was the Electronic Industry Trends <laughs> so Report. I just imagine a man in a black suit breaking into the tech guide <laughs> yeah. office, dropping a yellow envelope I, I got there. It, I got it on email. And then you opening it up going, wow, what's this? <laughs> well, it was, it was a little bit like that because I'd this received it. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. <laughs> I'd received it on email, but there was quite. Uh, it was a few days before the embargo. was was uh, I could write it because there was a couple of days for the embargo. Yep. And this was basically the Electronics Industry Trends Report that graded the top electronics manufacturers based on their production practices and their policies in terms of uh, you know, worker hours, is it forced labour, do they use child labour, uh, their supply chain, and just basically how they get a product from parts to the finished product and how they go about it. And it's, and, a, it's like a school rating. Yeah, so it's, it's like grade A, a down to <coughs> F. And the report, though, found, surprisingly, that not a single company achieved an A rating. They all had some kind of issue. Uh, only eight companies scored the top grading of B+. And you can, you can, un, you can probably guess those companies. It was Apple, LG, mm-hmm. Samsung, right. Acer, Intel, Microsoft, and Motorola. But the other companies r- ranked quite low. Among them, that had got a D-. Was and this may affect you, Thermomix. I know you're a fan. Nutribullet, Kogan, Leica Camera, Sonic, Sunbeam, Tiak, and GoPro. GoPro were ranked at D minus. Wow. So, what what this means is there's a couple of Fs in there too. There were. Well, I've got the full the Pal full Sonic. table. Yeah, yeah. So what 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 we're talking about here, where you know the the this this was this report was generated by Baptist World Aid, which is a, a non for profit body that co- tries to fight poverty and child labour around the world. And you can imagine the number of companies where they do actually employ underage underage workers, mm. and and the working conditions aren't up to standard. So that th- that's the body Baptist World Aid is the body who tries to to fight for these people's rights and and make these companies have the best policies and best practices in place. So it's a real eye-opener. So next time you're thinking of the product you want to buy, this report really opens it up and gives the true story of how that product actually gets to the shelves. Uh, a really interesting read, surprising uh, in, in, in some of those companies, those big companies that scored a relatively low grade. Good news is, though, that most of the companies improved. Some of the biggest improvements were actually SanDisk. They, they had a big improvement, mm-hmm. C- to B. Dick Smith, D, 
O all the way up to B minus, which is a big jump. Yep. Azus even had a jump. Garmin was uh, down from C and now worked its way up to a B, and BlackBerry went from a C minus to a B minus. So that's sort of the the main companies there. But the full list is on Tech Guide. A really interesting look. We don't really think about where these yeah. products come from, what goes how they're made. This is a real eye opener. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Quick one before your minute reviews, which I know everyone's just waiting on. I mean, the texts, <laughs> the emails, the tweets that I get. It's just overwhelming. They're invisible. I don't see them. Neither do I. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I was doing some research uh, this week. I know that'll surprise a lot of people. Um, for a story, in fact, that will go on a current affair on Thursday night about mobile plans. And, you know, I thought, you know, I. I'm a fan of what Kogan have done with Kogan Mobile. They're not the best in the in the in the market, but they're worth worth looking at at some of those lower end prices. Three G service on the Vodafone network. Three G service on the Vodafone network. Three gig of data, unlimited calls, unlimited text, thirty bucks a month. Right? Currently, nine dollars. <laughs> right? Their five gig plan, which is normally thirty six ninety, eleven dollars. Now, if you're a current Kogan customer, that means now this is only until the thirty first of March. And this is not one of those sign up now and get that deal forever. It's a it's, they're yeah. prepaid, right? So if you're on the currently on the Kogan network, recharge your phone, <laughs> yeah, recharge your plan because that's what you'll pay. And you can do it. You could basically, considering it's the middle of Feb, you could recharge now and then yeah. again in thirty days. Save so you're going to get two recharge. You're going to save yeah. twenty or thirty bucks sometimes. But, there. but the the yearly subscription hasn't changed. No, the yearly the ones months. haven't. It's just for the people yeah. that are, that are doing month, so the to, month, month. to month. So the month to month. And yeah. and obviously, if you're off contract right now. And you want to save some money. Or if you're a tourist in Australia, want a cheap SIM card, hello. All you've got to do is now it's slightly more expensive because you've got to pay five bucks for the, for the initial ah, SIM, you know, yep, get it delivered yep. to you. So your initial cost will be 13 or 14 still bucks cheap, or though. 16 bucks, still cheap. And then you can have a second recharge in March for that nine or $11. I mean, that, good. that is most likely the cheapest mobile deal ever offered. It is limited time. It is uh, unique. But it's still, mate, it's, well, it's, it's worth looking at. A great way to attract attention to what you're offering. Which, and for people to think, you know what, let's give it a go. And very, they find themselves three or four months later, they're still on it. Very rare for Kogan to be trying to attract <laughs> attention to himself. Wow. Isn't it? It is, yes. It is. Not like him at all. You can find the details at uh, eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long. All right, you got the balls. I'm sorry, what the track balls? Oh, I misread the rundown. Sorry, I do. Yes, the I I was. uh, These are I've reviewed two Kensington track balls. I took up a bit of a challenge actually when they gave to me. They said, "Look, we know you use a mouse. We all use a mouse for many hours of the day. Yep. But why don't you try the track ball? There's a lot of people that have used it and Mm -hmm. have never looked back. And I've got to say, I'm a convert. These track balls. Uh, excellent. Now, I've, so this is uh, it's a static device that yes. doesn't move around, and the, and the well, ball, so it's like turning a mouse upside down and wiggling around the. That's the, the exactly old ball. right. Look yeah. at me. I've got my mouse here, and to move my cur- my arrow around the You've screen, you've got to take up a massive amount of real estate um, on the EFTM well, studio desk. But not only that, and look, mm. uh, at home I've got two monitors, so it's a quite a bit of room I've got to move the cursor mm. around. Yep. But you do that a lot during the day, <clears throat> repetitive moves like that, and look, it, it could lead to problems with your wrist, problems with carpal tunnel, all these sorts of things. Well. A trackball doesn't move on the disc. The ball does all the work. So you're mm. rolling this snooker ball-sized little ball around, around on the on this device. There's four buttons that are programmable as yep. well, right? Yep. Now, the advantages are okay. <laughs> Just confirming on, the ball does all the work. The ball does all the work. Okay. Now, some advantages here, right? Anyone who's left-handed will think, "Wow, they don't make many mice for lefties." 
But where are the buttons? They're the, programmable, well, so you can say left and right. They're They're the same. It's 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 right. symmetrical. So either way, left and right, ambidextrous. So I, t- I tell you where I've seen these in use most is radio stations. So a, studio, a radio studio is a fixed yep. thing. You don't have a lot of space on the desk, yes. so they put that in the middle, and you can you can navigate the computer screens yeah. like that. Well, that's the other advantage. You, they because they don't need to move across the desk. They've got a very small footprint, yeah. so they're not going to move. So if you've got a tight workspace, then the trackball is an advantage as well. I've already spoken about the ergonomic benefits as well and the accuracy too they're favoured a lot of graphic designers uh, and even gamers use it because it offers that fluid consistent movement so it, it is something that people should consider and Kensington did a little study and found that it took less than a week for 76% of users to adjust to the trackball and 42% they'd never said they'd never go back to a mouse. Mm. The Kensington uh, uh, devices we used was the Expert Mouse Wireless Trackball, 149.95, and the Corded Slim Blade Trackball, 159.95, although I wish I could have combined the, the features of both and mm. made the Expert made the Slim Blade which has got a cord, if that was wireless, that would be my go-to trackball. I'm right. switching between the two at the moment, but they're both available and you can see them all on Tech Guide. And uh, reading the Tech Guide review might take longer than a minute as per the minute review, which also <laughs> took longer than a minute. But that's okay. We give Stephen that, that, uh, that, that, that leverage. It's, it's like... It's like Sydney Fashion Show. You're accessorising Accessory today. heaven today. Yes, the Logitech MK235. That is a keyboard. Ah, the MK235. That's right. That's a keyboard and mouse combo. Now, not just any combo. It's a, it's wireless. So it's Bluetooth. There's a keyboard, full-size keyboard, and a mouse. But the thing with this is that it is spill-proof. So if you're clumsy-mumsy... And you, whoa, whoa, and, you're a bit sexist, mate. <laughs> well, no, I meant to say clumsy, thumbsy, thumbsy, clumsy. Stephen, I'm distancing <laughs> myself from say, this podcast. <laughs> well, say, say, right, you've got a, a computer and there's maybe there's a young Stephen's child minute reviews. <laughs> I meant to say thumbsy, clumsy, but anyway, this can handle the spill. How many times have you spilt a drink near your, in your workstation? In, that's just this week. You've done it. <laughs> so if you are, if it's not unusual for you to drop drinks, uh, hot liquids, even food, we, we eat food in our computers. Mate, and that I'll give you a tip: on turn your keyboard upside down and bash it against the yeah. table. It's disgusting. It'll be a three course meal. And if out. you if you work in a shared desk environment, <laughs> do not do that. You will lose your mind with yes. filth. Yes, you will. And the MK two three five can handle all that. Available from OfficeWorks and priced at just forty nine. 95. What a wonderful minute review <laughs> right here on Two Blokes Talking Tech. I believe that we've reached the bottom of the piece of paper, which we we basically spend, what, a day and a half um, <laughs> researching uh, this program, yeah. um, manicuring the, the, the writing that is the rundown. Let's be honest, it's about five minutes, and uh, and that's the end. That's uh, episode 242 I is... Like, I liked your response when I texted you about, are we recording tonight? And <laughs> and your response was very surprising. No, no. I said I hadn't even thought <laughs> hadn't about even that. Thought about it. What you said was, is am Wednesday? I coming to yours tonight? <laughs> oh, I hadn't given thought to where we You're were doing You're a busy man, it. mate. You're a busy man. You know, father of three. I've got a massive you know? nine days left at work, and wow. I'm... Counting down, like it's, it's yeah. good, good there times, happy there days. Uh, it's great to have your company here, and uh, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, and you can uh, chat with us anytime. We're like, you know, chat roulette, except without the naughty stuff uh, on Twitter. <laughs> Speak for yourself. 
<laughs> you got the naughty stuff. Uh, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Finnick with a PH, and the hashtag because of Stephen's wonderful, wonderful puppy dogs is Ziggy Zaggy. Thank you for listening, Stephen. We'll talk to you next week. Yes, we will. Thank you. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Finnick.